Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different. Different. This is NOCO FM. Mari Sato had a unique childhood seeped in Cherokee tradition. She grew up in poverty after being born and raised in Japan her first five years of life after her father's untimely death. Mari went on to have a 15-year career as a recording and performing artist. Today, now living in Santa Fe, she is a teacher and ceremony leader and is passionately devoted to Singing Waters, a vision of a planet full of healthy communities devoted to the preservation of clean water. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. It was so wonderful just having the chance meeting you in Santa Fe. That was such a delight. And so I was thrilled when you agreed to be on the show. Well, in the way women do it, our sister Gabriella connected us and the weave, you know, just continues. And it's a beautiful thing to connect today. And I have to tell you, I got on your website and I was just blown away with your singing voice. Oh, my goodness. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. And so I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to start with asking you some questions because you had a 15 year singing career. I mean, you've you are doing all this beautiful and wonderful things through the singing waters. And I want to talk about that a little bit later. But give us a little background on this amazing career with R&B and gospel and blues. Oh, well, I grew up listening as a four-year-old child to my mother, sometimes in the middle of the night, playing the piano and singing old R&B gospel blues songs. And before I even really knew the structure of music, I found myself able to play the way she did on the piano from just that way of osmosis of listening and I would sing those songs too as a child and just it filled my heart to be able to make melody and and sing about stories and things like that I I was a pretty dreamy child and I would just be able to travel places when I sang these types of songs and when I went to college I found myself first in the theater department and then realizing through the reflection from teachers, you really belong in the music department. So I ended up going to about a year of music school and my creativity took me out into the world with a band and and I started working on my first recording. And in a sense, you know, the the little bit of training that I had was helpful, but I went back to my childhood of for the love of the music and learning by ear. And that's how I started out working as a, a singer and a performer was um, just, you know, putting together a group that could play the songs that I remember singing as a child. And then the repertoire grew and grew
and I ended up doing a 15-year recording artist, touring, performing until I had my first child. And that changed my universe. And I remember taking that year off when she was born and realizing that there was so much more to life that I have that was open to me in mother motherhood. And her entrance into my life got me to slow down. And I remember trying to rehearse with the band and she would just cry and scream, you know, because I, my attention was not fully on her. And so I found myself just, you know, little by little saying no to um, being out in the world and really sinking into motherhood. And I, and I found myself singing to her lullabies that I have was beginning to learn through a teacher named Sylvia Nakash at that time. And she Sylvia Nakash is a holder of many songs from around the world. And the songs that my daughter would respond to were these lullabies in other languages. And little by little, I feel like this child came into my life to help direct the gifts that I felt I had been given of song and and singing towards songs that were of the earth and were creating beauty and peace for my child. So a whole new depth yes, in the yes. music and in the meaning and how it moved her soul. That's right. That's right. And I also reflect back on returning to Japan in my late 20s. This was just before I had Anja. And that journey to Sendai, Japan, to reconnect with my family who I had not seen since I was five years old, was a pivotal turning point in my life. And I reunited with my 88-year-old grandmother. And in during that trip, I was taken to a traditional music concert with an auntie. And I began to weep listening to this folk song. And realizing that this is my culture, this is half of my culture. And I had not known it because at the age of five, when I was living in Japan, my father passed away and we moved back to America. And I was raised on the music here in America, the gospel and blues and jazz. And But when I heard that music here in my late 20s, I began to weep and say, This music has the same soulful quality to it that the blues and gospel has. And if I had been raised as was the plan before my father died, I probably would have sung this music and something cracked in my spirit. And I I came back to America and I was so changed by returning to my roots of Japan and hearing that music, and I even found a teacher while I was there, and I began learning some of the folk songs, that when I got back, I couldn't even listen to any music that was American sounding. I only wanted to steep myself in the Japanese traditional sounds and music. And that went on for five years, where I found myself devoting myself to learning the music of Japan 
and to working with just Japanese traditional artists during that time and remembering really a whole lineage of sounds and songs that I had not known growing up, but deep in my DNA, I knew. That is such a great story. I love that. I love that you went back and recaptured these important roots that were already a part of you. Yes, it was. It was like a recapturing the roots. And when I, you know, tasted the roots of that part of my family, then there was a confidence, an inner confidence where I felt like, Oh, I see what it's about to feel a sense of belonging to allow your roots to sink in to the very earth where I was living, which has been Santa Fe. And so it allowed me to feel a connection to the whole earth once I connected to my own roots. And on that trip, I wanted to weave in how this work of the singing waters has emerged and the song carrier on that trip. The, the first music lesson I had, I sat down with the teacher and there was an exchange of gifts and tea was poured and she began to sing one line from this folk song. And then I was meant to respond to that line, call and response. And that's how the lesson went. There was no written music. It was all by ear. And that made sense to my soul. And within an hour after returning home from that music lesson, I was singing this folk song and a light bulb went off because I, I'm not a fluent Japanese speaker because I wasn't raised there. But within moments, I was remembering parts of my soul by singing in the language of my relatives. And when I returned and I spent this time steeping in that, the songs of Japan and then I was guided by the community of sisters. I was hearing the invitation almost on a daily basis at one point, Madi, you should lead a singing circle of women. I said, I don't know how to do that. And with the sisterhood, slowly we began to sing songs of, you know, sa sacred in nature from around the world. And then over the 10 years of this work with this, the singing, waters, the women's song circles, I began to hear by divine guidance to bring in indigenous songs from everywhere around the earth so that women could almost instantly remember parts of their souls. And so I, we're at this place now with the work where we're singing songs in indigenous languages from around the world. And there are hundreds of women that are remembering 
their roots by one song. We might have one song that is in the Gaelic language, one song that is in uh, Japanese, one song in Lithuanian. But we try to find songs that are so ancient where a time on the earth where all people were singing songs that they were hearing from the earth and the waters and the sky. And so from those ancestral songs, the song carriers, women's circles are also hearing and creating songs that they're hearing from the earth right now. And these are the new songs that are, in a sense, the new story of the earth. And it's such a rich and deep, you know, thriving work right now. The women are showing up together, realizing that through the sisterhood bonds and through the songs, we are remembering how to be in relationship with the earth. And it's, and it's just beautiful, just beautiful work. And it sounds like you're helping people call forth what they already know by heart, literally by their literally. heart. That's right. It is a, is a heart remembering. My husband and I, Timothy McLaughlin, started a nonprofit called Praising Earth. And this work is about rewilding the human heart through the traditions of song, story, dance and ritual. But as you're speaking that remembering through the heart, it is all work of the heart, opening the heart. And anybody on the planet who has lifted their voice in praise of life, it can be grief, it can be joy, in praise of the earth, feels the heart opening. And it is, it's pretty direct and, and and pretty quick to to do that heart opening work when we sing and we dance and we move our hands and take ritual action together in community lots of of healing and remembering is happening when well, so many people aren't familiar with this madi so when when you talk about the healing songs how would somebody access this or find a women's group like this? Because it is such a wonderful and at times very unique group. How, do, how would someone find this resource? Well, currently we have what I call the mother well of the Song Carriers community, which is a community of women who have been singing together, some of us, 10 years. And Twice a year, I hold a song carriers immersion training where women from all backgrounds are able to come here. I listen for a song for you and in your indigenous language, and the women begin to learn this song. And over a week's time, it is almost as if a a doorway has been opened through the singing of these songs, and it ignites the fire of the song carrier within personally. Some of these women hear the call to bring this to their community and start a song carriers women's circle. And so right now we we have two communities that have, they're almost like what I call riverways from the mother well of the song carriers in Santa Fe here. We have a song carriers Austin guided by sisters Gabriela Masala and Kat Lindsay. 
And we have a song carriers Tucson guided by um, grandmother Jane and her musical partner, Devorah. And so I also, you know, do workshops outside of Santa Fe. So this is a way to find the song carriers work. If anybody's interested in me coming and starting a song carriers um, seed, you know, it's a seed group. I'm, I'm open to that. Yeah, I'd like to get you here to Fort Collins and, and bring some of this to Colorado for sure. Oh, I'd, I'd love it. I'd love it. Yep. So can you talk a little bit about, a little bit more about your own personal experience with how song has opened up your own heart and mm -hmm. what it has done in your own experience? Well, it's making me think of my childhood and when my father passed away and we returned back to America, we went through some hard times. My mother, suddenly a single mom and not being able to work. And so, you know, in, in the realm of finances, we were considered, you know, in poverty. And it was during that time that we didn't even um, have enough money sometimes to be able to pay the rent. So we found ourselves on this little piece of land in Tennessee called Red Boiling Springs. And we lived off the land and even took baths in the creek and grew our own food and created structures um, to live in on little amount of money. And even though it was, you know, financially a hard time for our family, there was such richness. Little did my mother know, maybe she did know that going into the forest with little means financially, but learning to live off of the abundance of the earth gave me so much awareness of our reliance and deep gratitude I had for, you know, we were sent down to the creek to fill up our water jugs just to be able to cook food. And it was during that time that I found myself sitting underneath the big pine trees one afternoon and I would just close my eyes and the forest came alive as a child. And in that aliveness, in that relationship I felt I had with that pine tree and the sparkling cold waters of the creek, I would open my mouth and my voice would move up and down in melodic structures that at that time I wasn't aware of necessarily that I was experiencing the song of nature move through me. So it started at a very young age, this love of expression and connection with the environment around me that as I got older and was exposed to music on the radio and going to a concert or, you know, finding myself sitting around the campfire and somebody strumming the guitar, that that transferred into the music of our, you know, modern world. And so, you know, I just found throughout my entire life since I was a child that music connected me to my heart and allowed me to express the deep longings inside of me. And I learned Western way of making music. I was raised Cherokee. My mother raised us in that way. We were at the dances and the ceremonies and in the lodges, the sweat lodges. And so 
you know, woven throughout my youth, listening to music on the radio, I listened to ceremony music, you know, Cherokee songs. And my mother was studying with Diani Uwahu, who's a Cherokee elder. And that moment, like we were speaking about at the beginning, when I became a mother, some of these Cherokee songs came back to me and I would sing them to my daughter. And then when the women's work started to um, come together and I was leading the women in, in song, I went to my mom and said, can you remind me of the Cherokee song for this and this one? And so the native music was also woven in there. And um, now, you know, my husband and I are, are on the Lakota path together. And so it's all connected. It's all one. But I do have a deep understanding in my bones and a deep connection to songs of the earth. That is also a timely thing. I, I feel that the gifts of song that I received and then my whole life's experiences have allowed me to be in a place where I can use this, this gift for helping other women open their voices and begin to remember their ancestral wisdom and make offerings of their voices to the earth to enliven the waters. You know, we're singing all sorts of water songs and we, it feels very purposeful and very timely right now in, in the time of ecological rebirth. Which was actually exactly what I was going to ask you, you know, why this time, why is it so essential right now that we're singing these songs? Why is it important that women are singing these songs right now? For the continuance of life, these kinds of songs that come from the earth and the ancestors are about enlivening the very life forces. And as we all know, we're in a time now where so much has been, in a sense, all the resources of the Mother Earth been used and overused without even thought that we need to replenish this and, and what about our relationship of gratitude for all that's giving us life, the air, the water, the soil, and the plants that grow from that soil? So women essentially, you know, we're, we are life bringers. We carry life in our bodies. So right now I, I see that the women are stepping forward in force because there's this sense that we know that life to continue has, we have to make some real big shifts and it's really a change of heart. It's really relationship with the earth. And so the men are also beautifully, you know, stepping forward in their warrior like selves. Um, I'm thinking of the green man, this serving the earth. And my husband is, you know, together with me on this path, we can't do it alone. And so he's leading men's circles in almost like a, a mirroring. The women are gathering here in Santa Fe song carriers twice a month, and then they're gathering in between our gatherings. And then we come together with a common language of these songs, the dances, the ritual action. And um, it's really showing us that it's going to take all, all of us to come together to put back what has been, you know, taken 
and 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 used so much that things are you know have become depleted and dried so we are needing to replenish the earth at this time and so i'm just really grateful to be able to have a, a community because w- this work is also done always in community and always in guidance with the elders and we have a beautiful circle of grandmothers and it's actually growing now for grandfathers coming in that are wisdom keepers of our time that are part of our community and they have a name it's called the basket of seeds grandmothers alliance and um, they're grandmothers who walk a path of prayer and devotion to healing the earth and we call on them to pray with our community we call on them for wisdom teachings that we call on them for songs that are shareable with outside of uh, a certain um, culture. You know, we call on them for water songs and earth songs, and and it's it's growing. Praising Earth is growing because <laughs> we need it. We need it. I'm Kevcat and I host No Code Radio, the weekly hour-long show dedicated to spotlighting musicians within the LGBTQIA community. You can listen to the show every Friday night at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time at NoCo FM. That's N-O-C-O dot F-M. Colo Radio is an exploration of the sights and sounds that make Colorado unique. From exclusive spotlight interviews with local musicians, artists, and creators, to curated playlists that showcase the diverse sound of the Colorado music scene, Colo Radio plugs you into the best that our home state has to offer. Listen to Colo Radio anytime on demand at noco.fm, the Noco FM mobile app, or wherever you find your podcasts. Are one of those songs, is there a song that you'd be willing to share with us? Sure. Yes, I am hearing a song, a new song of the earth, I call it. And I make pilgrimages to rivers and river sources and place on places on the earth where I will sit and listen for songs. And here is a song that is still in its um, growing phase. So we hold them very gently and and it's held in community, in ceremony, so it, it doesn't get shared out in any public way at this point. But I feel moved to to share it as a water blessing song for our waters. And this wa- song is to provide cleansing for not only the waters of the earth, but waters within our bodies. So... Yeah, yeah. 
Thank you so much. I just closed my eyes the whole time you were singing and just took it in. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm. And these songs, you know, the new songs of the earth, they, they might, um, you know, at first not, we might not know what these songs really are for, but over the last year and singing the song, this song in particular, it's brought the tears of grief through the women in the community. And so this song is a being. It has it has medicine. And I'm not, even though I received this song, it is not my song. It has its own life and its life within the community. You know, the song is asked permission. We spend, you know, I in the training I, I speak about how when these songs come. We don't just begin sharing them right away. We take them into the morning sunrise. We make offerings and prayers to that song and we sing them over and over until we develop this relationship with the song. Then the song reveals to us what its, me- its medicine is and how it is to be used. And that is you know, what I have learned from singing the ancestral indigenous songs from many places around the world. And we, we really, with integrity, honor only singing these songs, some of them in the ceremony of the song carriers or in a sacred space. And as a mother, I feel like I'm the mother of this particular song. I listened and I said, is it okay? And, and this song has, you know, developed enough where, where I felt it's okay. But there's always this asking that permission and listening in and a lot of the new songs coming are new songs of the earth what makes them different is that they're not bound yet by thousands of years of protocol of certain ceremonies there's a almost like you know i have a 13 year old daughter there is this sort of um freedom and fluidity of these songs that are moving in in new ways. But then over time, thousands of ancestors singing this song, sometimes they get like a grandma where they have to be sung this way at this time. So just a little sharing and teaching of of the life and the beingness of, of the song. 
Well, and you know, I feel like our modern day culture has gotten so far away from the importance of even listening to our elders that are still present here on earth, much less, you know, adopting these traditions. And, you know, you've just been seeped in this since you were a child. Like you were mm-hmm. saying, like learning the Cherokee Indian ways mm-hmm. and, and how important that is. Can you speak a little bit to that of, of the importance of us tapping into that part of ourselves, that ancestral piece? Yes. Um, what's coming to me at the moment is that there is, a, on many places, especially in Europe, we've been uprooted for so long. and there's been a sadness almost that you know we we've forgotten and and i'm not saying like in singing of one ancestral song you're going to remember everything but it's a it's opens a threshold where women were the ones who dreamed the new ceremony so we in a sense many of us who are not you know still immersed in you know, I'm thinking of the Pueblo people here, even in New Mexico, some of these unbroken lineages still have physical elders to go to and say, how do we do it? But some of us, and I'm speaking from my Ainu Japanese self, um, that was so assimilated that there's very few people still remembering the ceremonies and the languages. And I'm speaking to my Celtic ancestry hundreds and hundreds of years of suppressing the indigenous ceremonies that we are, in a sense, having to reimagine, dream them, vision them forth. And so I I think that's what I'm seeing right now is that the women are gathering because they remember that when they light a fire and put out a bowl of water, the original altars And they lift up a song and they begin to pray for guidance. They are beginning to have visions and memories and bringing in the ceremony again of the ancestors. So, you know, these songs, even though I'm calling them new songs of the earth, they're coming from the ancestral memory. They're rising up in the waters that are very ancient. And so um, I think that there is this realization at least in some circles, that new ceremonies were always, a ceremony and tradition were always made new. And it was through the women dreaming or the men dreaming. But women right now are, are claiming that, that authority to, to know, to have the ears and the heart and the dream time to remember how to do things, how to put things together. And there's almost you know, in a sense, you know, all these years of doing ceremony, if you get too locked in into the protocol in the way you've seen it done, it doesn't allow for the spirit to bring in what is needed. And so I think of the innocence almost of the children and the innocence of the elder at that point who becomes purely the gift can bring in the new ceremonies. We're looking to the, the next generation and and saying, giving them almost just that remembrance that they are entitled and and have a unbroken lineage through the blood, through the dreams, to be able to do ceremony. All people at this point 
need to do ceremony. You need to remember that we are made of ceremony. That's how we're here. Our ancestors prayed so that we have an earth, that we have clean water many generations back. And so we are here because of that. And, and so I find that there is this powerful new generation showing up to the song carrier work because they realize it's within that that they're going to know how to move in a new way when grandmother Kazumi Oishi, she's an Okinawan shaman that's part of our grandmother's alliance, says that the earth, it, you know, we as humans are so human-centric in our thinking, think that the earth is in peril and going to, you know, perish. But in fact, it's rebirthing right now. And so as humanity, how can we join in that rebirthing and sing praises and sing the grief tears of, of things that are now going to be washed clean and be of the past? How can we together sing the, the, the birthing and stop taking all the resources from the earth that is extra? We don't need to take all those resources. The earth needs it right now to, to totally rebirth. A new story. We're all together in this. One of the things that you had talked about when you spoke of your childhood and how wonderful it was to be connected to nature and to be there with the water and the pine tree. And again, today in our society, so often people are so cut off from that connection and how important it is to just travel there. I mean, we're so blessed here in Colorado, too. I mean, Fort Collins, we just, you know, take a, a short little drive and we can be in the mountains and you can be by a river. And just the importance, I think people forget that our well-being, when you are in nature, you're releasing negative ions. It's like nature just absorbs that for us. And so literally on a very scientific level, you know, it, it's like it's taking our anxieties away and people come back from nature. That's why people love hiking. They love to go for picnics. They love to just sit beside a lake mm. and they come back replenished and refreshed. Yes. And I, I have two thoughts that arose when you're speaking about that need. You know, it is, it is a human nourishment from the nature that is actually very necessary for health and well-being. I want to give some practical things <laughs> to anyone listening to begin with that will help us reconnect. And that is no matter where you live, to go out in the morning sunrise every day and receive that new information that our great sun brings us every day. And to commit to one day a week, stepping outside of our domesticated lives and structures and stepping into the wild. And it does take that real practical commitment that's, you know, will start to heal you, reconnect you, and then you're going to want it more. It's it, you, you might say, I'm just going to head for the hills <laughs> and, and be thoughtful about not building huge structure on the earth, but something modest and, and spend more time outdoors. We've become pretty um, sensitive to the elements. 
and our ancestors were not. There was a, a hardiness. And so it's it's a reclaiming and really making an effort to just take that time to just step outside the doors of your home in that morning sun. I love that because even if you're in an urban setting, you can still connect with the sun and you can That's probably right. still connect with some trees um, yes. and there's going to be parks. So there's ways that you can still touch something that's green and growing and, mm-hmm. you know, and like you said, experiencing the sun or experiencing the moon and the stars, because I think when we're connected to it, just like I, I've heard research that speaks about this when they were talking about, it's very hard when you're face to face with someone and you're speaking to them and they're sharing their story with you to hate them. Mm. And to be unkind to them. And I think the same is true of our earth. You know, if we're interacting with our earth Mm -hmm. and we're making contact and communing with nature, it's going to be much harder to be unkind to it. So true. And realizing that nature is within your home too, to whenever you turn on that water faucet, pour that glass of water, that is a sacred act. Whenever you turn on your stove and the sacred fire comes on. So in a sense, to make holy those spaces within our homes too, you know, and if you can have a sacred fire on the land or in your living room and you make, put down a prayer, an offering before you light that fire and then invite the water in to be a part of that ritual of lighting your fire in your home. And those two altars, you know, those two original forces of life, the water and the fire, I'm making this infinity symbol, they, they are intertwined and within both of them is the sacred masculine and the feminine. And so to begin to develop a relationship as simple as a little candle and a glass of water somewhere in your home, maybe even on your dinner table, your breakfast table. And, and make it a sacred space. And women lived, we, you know, in the women's work that I do, we talk about how women ancestrally performed hundreds of rituals in a day. There was always a prayer made before that fire was lit to bake the bread, to stir the pot that would feed the community. There was always a, a moment of reverence before the water was poured for the bath. So little hundreds of rituals and ceremonies that took place every day. And and little by little, this song carriers community, the Praising Earth, which is the larger um, house for the women's and men's work, we're helping each other remember how to make every moment a little ceremony in a sense, sacred. That's exactly it. I, I'm remembering a book, and I think maybe it was even called Everyday Sacred. But something about this, about how we can make all the moments in our life meaningful as we become more present to them. And then as you're saying, then, you're, then you can infuse them with even deeper meaning. Yes. You know, Very and it's, it's truly what I'm hearing from you is, you know, stopping to notice yes. these elements. And so we really can create this every moment. Maybe a good book title would be Every Moment Sacred. Oh yes, yes. This is this is a commitment, you know, my I've made with the family. 
And it starts there, you know, it starts individually. And then it starts with your relationship with someone, starts with your family, then the community. And, you know, it grows from there. But when, when we gather together and make ritual in the ancient way, that is really what, what solidifies a community. And, and so that, that's what we're finding is that this is, is growing because Mama Earth, Papa Sky is saying, we need this and this gives us life too, and in turn gives you life. And I think that the important piece is so many people, they, they don't even realize that they actually do have these important ceremonies and they do have important rituals. It might not be in the same manner that you're talking mm -hmm. about. But I'm thinking about Fort Collins, you know, in Fort Collins, we have the new West Fest. We have all kinds of we have the turkey trot at Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and we do these things like my family, we have run the turkey trot together, which is this mm -hmm. four mile run. We do it. It's in the morning and it's this beautiful sense of community. Wow. And in my family, we usually have probably eight to 10 people running together. And Beautiful. it's one of, you know, my, my sister-in-law and I, we look forward to it every year because we have our deepest, most meaningful talks on this jog together. Yes. And, and so it becomes, like you're saying, like this special and sacred time. And so, you know, getting people to open their hearts and their minds as well, because I think some people, they don't understand maybe the Cherokee way, or they don't understand when they hear ceremony or rituals and they're mm -hmm. saying, well... I don't do this in my life. I don't understand this, but we do. It oh, literally yeah. is all around us. And so it's plugging in actually in an even deeper way and a more meaningful way in a way that serves the earth. And as I'm hearing you say, and then comes back and it serves our souls in such a beautiful oh, way. That's right. I mean, any way that we can bring consciousness into awareness that it's, it's, bigger than a human being is it's the whole earth it's the the cosmos connected to that and all backgrounds of ways of spiritual practices and even you know poetry you know making that a spiritual experience be the way we speak to each other the words that we we share with each other though these are all sacred things and um, so we're we're in it. The the very breath in and out is is a sacred thing. And so whether we name it that or not, there is a huge life force that is allowing us to be here beyond our own doing. And um, it's it's so beautiful what's happening on the earth right now, and and people coming together, like you said, you know, going outside and running on the earth and having conversation from your heart. I think there's, there's a lot of shift right now happening because the earth is shifting. We in turn are shifting. We are awakening and um, so grateful to the sisterhood who is tending to this. They're showing up. And that's, you know, I want to make a plea to the brothers. I know, I know that many brothers are showing up, but I know how in our society it's, you know, not, it doesn't feel as easy to take time out of the week to sit in a circle and speak from your heart. But th this is what, what we need. And the women are modeling it and there's a, you know, 
I would say like it's almost 10% of men to a hundred percent of the women are showing up right now is, is sort of the percentages that we're seeing wherever we go. So even though it's small, it's very mighty. And we keep visualizing the men stepping forward to, in a sense, you know, do their part and, and support the life force that um, the women are enlivening right now in many different ways. You know, there are women's circles probably happening every 10 minutes on the earth right now, all around the planet. So Song Carriers is, is a drop in the ocean and um, very vibrant. Two questions, Madi, as we're getting ready to, to wrap up. One, one is, how would someone get a hold of you? Mm. So, so how, would, yeah. first, how would someone get a hold of you? Well, I, we have two websites. And the first one is called Praising Earth. Dot org, P-R-A-I-S-I-N-G, earth.org. And the other one is thesingingwaters.org. Um, those are two ways to learn about our programs. And um, then you'll find an email address attached to that and get in touch with us and come to one of our, our annual gatherings on the winter solstice or the May 5th, where we open it up to the larger community. And we always have honored elders there and we get everyone singing and dancing around the water and fire. Um, we make offerings of that. We share stories to the earth, come to one of the song carriers, immersion trainings that happen one. I just finished one that happens end of May. And then the next one now is September 21st to the 29th. And then finally, the men's, it's called the Green Man Sacred Re Rewilding Program. Um, the first one is going to happen August 3rd to 11th with my husband, Timothy McLaughlin, guiding that. And there's a firekeeper named John Walkingstar and um, gathering the men to sit around the sacred fire and open their hearts and reconnect with the, the Mother Earth. Um, in profound ways of solo journeys that they'll take during this week-long program. So please contact us. We'd love to connect with you. And the last question would be, what is the essential message that you want to make sure listeners are taking away from our time together? The essential message, I would say to take a moment Step into a forest somewhere and listen. And allow that space for listening. And I could say also in that morning sunrise, but in connection with nature somehow to step outside your homes into the elements and listen. And you will know, you will hear. It's, in, it's inside. It's, it's available to everyone regardless of any training, <laughs> spiritual backgrounds, culture, your connection to the earth is essential. And possibly from that listening, maybe something comes out through your voice, whether it be a story, some good words in gratitude, a song, a sharing of poetry, but we have this gift of the human voice to make offerings that come from the heart. It's even 
you know, the English language, which has been imposed all around the world in a sense and become the universal language, how can you bring your heart into your language? And that's what Praising Earth, our organization, our community growing is revitalizing and energizing how the heart can move through our bodies and the voice and create thriving life. Mahdi really brought to awareness the importance of being in touch with our ancestral roots and how it can inform and impact our own journey. In both her Cherokee and Japanese traditions, elders and ancestors are revered for their wisdom and guidance. In our society today, the elderly are not held in that same esteem. However, as the baby boomers continue to age, we can open ourselves to the wisdom they carry through the stories they share with us and help to change that dynamic. Maddie also brought to light the importance of communing with nature and to touch nature every day, just like with human beings. As we interact and allow ourselves to be face-to-face with each other, we appreciate it more and are less likely to take it for granted. We have an amazing and beautiful world out there that is worth preserving, and as we treat it with reverence, we feel more in touch with our very souls. Take time this week to take care of yourself and look at the stars, breathe the fresh air, and soak up the sun. Remember, The Spark is your show too. If you have questions, feedback on the show, or if you're going through something and need a little help, we'd love to hear from you. Continue the conversation with us at our website, thesparkpod.com, and on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. New episodes of The Spark air Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Mountain. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. The show is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional and should not be considered medical advice. If you're having a mental or physical health crisis, please seek treatment immediately. The Spark is produced by NoCo Media Limited, which is solely responsible for its content. Thanks again for listening. This has been The Spark, igniting your best life. I'm Stephanie James.
This has been a production of NOCO FM.